Welcome back, episode number 123 for Train Savages Podcast. The Yankees, Rob, are down 2-0 to zero in this series, headed back to the Bronx. Actually, we're in the Bronx right now. Well, the Yanks are in the Bronx. Uh, today is Saturday. What is it, Rob? October 22nd. 22nd, Rob. We have game three of the ALCS today. Garrett Cole is on the mound once again. With I, can, I think we can both confidently say our season on the line. Um Got a decent amount of stuff to complain slash talk about today. Rob, happy Saturday. How we doing? Not good. Not good. Not, other than not great. Fact, not Other than the fact that it's Saturday and it's a weekend. Um, but, yeah, backs up against the wall. Very much so. Um, Winnable bad, games, kind of, too. Bad, bad week in Houston, man. Bad week. Yeah. Um, a very much polar opposites of how we felt after winning the – um ALDS and now we're in the ALCS against the guys that we've lost to in 2017 2019 the prohibited favorite at least in the American League um someone I've called the best team in in baseball at least I thought this year and Mm -hmm. um they just they're very good Rob they're very good they're very good they all spin it they're very good and just the way that the Yankees look and and you always say and I always I thought that coming into this that the Yankee it was an uphill battle for the Yankees and I thought that um, the Astros should be favored. But then you say like you look at what the Philadelphia Phillies are doing and you say yeah you have a chance you have a chance to to make a run, but not when you look like this offensively and it's worse than it was. It feels like I I know the strikeouts are a lot more. Um, mm-hmm. And they're not – they had the two home runs in game one. And um, our biggest bats aren't doing as much as we'd like uh, in this series, at least. I know Giancarlo had two hits in game one. and Yeah, they've um, been neutralized for sure for the most part. Um, Judge had two couple hard hit balls last game, game two. It, it's just very, very frustrating to watch, man. And I, I texted my buddy – he texted me after game – or during game two, and I'm like – like bro, I'm just the way that they look the whole game. I'm like, I'm ready to go to bed. I don't. It was feel a boring like, game, dude. I don't feel like they're gonna do anything right now. And there's a lot to dive into, and and don't want to overanalyze too much stuff. Because listen, we're we're back at the stadium, and they just have win the home all, field. Dude. They ha- and listen, if the Yankees do not win all three games at home, they're screwed. I, and I know that's a tall task. But just that's give me really, two. That that's make I, it a series, Rob. No, you win the first I, two and you go and dude, you're you're at home for to take a three two lead. Listen, but dude, they're not winning game six or seven. I I like if they if they take three, and I know it's a tall task, but if they take three, and you at least give yourself a, a that. This is why I bitched and moaned about getting home field advantage, and obviously they had such a horrendous month of August that it didn't even matter. But just knowing in the back of my brain that. The, this is how they look. They honestly took it further than what I thought they could just I, with the strikeouts, and I, I don't want to go too much into that, but the way that they looked was horrendous. And the two runs that they oh, – the only two runs they got in game two, just we know how they got it, and we're going to get into it. There, but, there wasn't much offense, like, period, though, Rob. I think the Astros just – 
I, I listen. I obviously the Yanks didn't put a good a good uh, offensive showing up at all. But the like, there's got to be some sort of tip of the cap to the Astros. Like we faced a lot of disgusting pitchers. It, we've owned Presley in the past, which is kind of sucks that we didn't get to him in the two saves. But Valdez and Verlander are gross. Yeah, and then they have true. the deepest Verlander, the, the deepest bullpen in the game to pair with that. I mean, and it's not getting easier though. No, so, it's not. So I listen. I hear you, and you could set. You look at what the Astros did with the home runs, and you say, Yankees, this is your time to go ahead and hit home runs. And you just look at the past months of baseball, and you just say, okay, now you're playing a really, really, really good opponent. And you, just, I, I, I'm sorry, I think that they have to win the next three, or I, I do not see them winning game six or seven at, at Houston. At least if you I mean, give them fair. a if you give them a fight if you give the Yankees a fighting if the or if the Yankees give themselves a fighting chance and win three games at home and hand, and I think you sent it out the other day. The Yankees are a good team at home. The Best Bronx record in an, uh in the regular season at home of any team Bro- tied with the Dodgers. The Bronx is an advantage. Take advantage of it. Win all three. I know it's a tall task, but that's what you've that's what you've done and i know they're got two of your guys on the mound two you have nestor and cole and then obviously we'll have to see i think didn't they announced jmo yeah yeah so jmo game five all right it is what it is jmo you know what jmo pitched very solid as nobody's pitched bad really yeah besides clark's two hiccups bro i we've said everyone bitching moans about the starting pitching but they have it hasn't been that way, and even in 2017 and 2019, it wasn't as much on the starting pitching. And then we say offense, and now it's more so bullpen. But even the bullpen, out, like you said, outside of Clark and yeah. Montas. The pitching has um, been fine, I thought. I, I really think is, it has. The pitching has really been fine, and then when you watch the potent offense, when it is potent during the season, you say, dude, can, can, can we do it's, at least what the Astros are doing yeah. and give us a fighting chance? It's just crazy to watch the Astros play baseball against us, Rob. Because we all, everyone that's watching, everyone in the building, they know exactly what pitch is coming at least seventy-five percent of the time. Like Framber Valdez is probably out there going, "I'm throwing you a curveball down and in." To every hitter he faced, game two, it was nuts, dude. Couldn't touch it. I mean, especially when it was like the Donaldson Higgy. Peraza Cabrera, and I'm not knocking the kids. Like, they're shitting their pants probably in this situation. Um, they got put in a bad spot by the Oregon. We'll get into that in a little bit, but and you're just throwing these dudes up curveballs. They just can't touch them. None of them. Javier pitches today, and then tomorrow is McCullers because he got pushed back because of the champagne incident. Which is Yeah, two very good pitchers. It's it's not getting a lot easier, and I know, I know the argument could be made that, all right, Astros had their two aces on mm-hmm. the mound and now the Yankees have their two aces. Granted, I, I, I see that point of view. Absolutely. Um but listen, dude, they just, the Yankees offense just gotta hit. You gotta give the you gotta have to give yeah. these starters a fighting chance and they, they haven't. Um and we I, just have to hope that listen, the Bronx somewhat wakes them up because tonight it's gonna be loud. It's gonna, it's be, gonna nutty be there bouncing. And that's I, I Maybe you, my thing is maybe something psychologically goes on, mm-hmm. but the way that they've looked, it's telling us a bad story. So, um, the the Astros just look, they look, I hate to say this because I, for the most part, I'm kind of a fan of Boone, 
um, they just look more prepared than the Yankees. Like it seems like they know what they're doing, what they need to execute, and it looks like the Yankees don't have an approach at the plate, Rob. Like you see them drop four or five straight curveballs in there, and then they take fastballs over the middle. So they're guessing. It looks like the Yankees are guessing the whole time. Yeah. But they guess wrong every time. So what are you sitting? Are you sitting on a curveball, which is every one of their pitchers' best pitch? <laughs> and Rob, mind you, if you're sitting on a curveball, you're still, and that's their best pitch. That's still really fucking hard to hit, whether you're yeah. guessing right or wrong. So like, I feel like we got to get to somewhere where we just got to hit strikes hard and stop looking for specific pitches and swinging out of our shoes, because uh-huh. it ain't great, dude. I mean, we'll get into it in a in just a sec, obviously, but. Two winnable games. Houston didn't didn't kill you. And breaking news, Jordan and Altuve have done nothing. That's that that also and, is. Though. And they will. They'll do something. I can promise you that. That I've been thinking about it the whole time, bro. The like they they keep bringing up the fact that Altuve hasn't got a hit and he's 0 for what like 18 or something. I think it's 25 now. Or and, something. and it and it's really bothering longest me ever because I'm thinking the Yankees are gonna suck us back in. And they're going to Altuve's play back. Walk us off. And then Altuve at some point is going to screw us. God. And after going O for like thirty, I think I almost feel like I'd rather. I don't know get if swept. you've been. I don't know if you've been thinking of that, but I, I was thinking about that the other day when they keep bringing it up because they were talking about it, like in him, him in Seattle, and I just know it's coming. Like, yeah, it's it's tough, but um, Yankees got a hit, dude. That they, they got to prove like. The Astros, these games weren't blowouts, but the Astros always felt in control. The Yankees need to go out and win a game by like four runs, dude, and be like, yes, we can beat this team. Not like steal a win, because if they say say Judge's ball gets over the wall yesterday or two, two days ago, they stole that win. Go out and beat this team. Show them that you can beat them. Yeah, no, it, it you made a really good point. It, I think that watching this, you say – because we always make the uh, we so always make good, the dude. point. We'll we'll say, hey, um, you know, during our recaps during the season, we'll say during these. So it's like, oh, the Yankees really could have won this game here and there, mm-hmm. even though if it's a close matchup. But like watching it, I know the scores look very close, and the Astros then had the timely home runs, which is what we asked of the Yankees, but. Even just watching how Verlander operated, and you had Verlander up against the ropes, and you had him say twenty-five pitches over, a, a, over, and like I think he had sixty-five pitches in the fourth inning, and you're saying, okay, let's keep fighting. Same yeah. thing with um, Framber yesterday. You say, let let's keep getting these pitch counts up, let's keep fighting against them um, and make them work. But it always somewhat felt like the Astros were still in control despite what the score looked, and that was. Um, disconcerting, and I think, like you said... Tied games if, feel like if, we're losing right now. If, if the Yankees can come back home and make a statement is where psychologically that it can check them back in and say, okay, we're going to fight back, we're going to get this series back even, and we're going to try and get it in control, and that's what they have to do on their own, and that's what they have to fight back, and the offense just needs to wake the hell up. Yeah. And plain and simple. Um, it's tough staff, dude. It's really tough. It's really good. Really, really it's good. like they're so deep, dude. I like I, I knew it, but then just watching it, you're like, Bro, holy I shit! They hate, do this to teams I just, all year. I just want to take a quick second. I know, honestly, we like get into it with, but um, McCormick and 
Maldonado. That is, that's just bad. That's how the bottom of the line, because like, you talked about Altuve and Jordan not yeah. being the component. But, bro, Martin Maldonado. It's on I base every like freaking day, three times a day. They're talking about how he manages Verlander really well, and I understand he's a very good defensive catcher, but I cannot stand the fact that he has timely hitting against the Yankees. And every time I, – I, I, he is the most underrated, hateable Astro for me. Yeah. Like right behind Altuve. It used to be Bregman for me, but now watching the after in the aftermath and how <laughs> he hits, I cannot – stand him and like i was listening to sports radio the other day and people were complaining it's like oh yo like higgy and uh trevino haven't been hitting and it is what it is and it's just a it's kind of what we thought what we were getting most of the kind of thought what we thought but then we have people and like i was listening to sports radio and people are bitching and moaning saying like look at the astro catcher i'm like bro did you see his regular season numbers yeah very bad very bad if not similar like higgy and trevino's average are above i think he had 15 homers during the regular season but that guy he stinks but he hits Uh against the yankees which is in Furious. And he just gets on base. Like he was a big part to the seventy three run homer he gave up know, yesterday. Dude. He got he got hit by an O two pitch and then shit unravels. I mean I Yanks haven't capitalized insane. bottom line and Astros capitalized on a on a couple of mistakes and it gave them two wins. Yeah. So, um all right. Should we, shall we? Shall we? Um game one. Jamison Tyone goes four and a third, four hits, give it up, one earned run, three walks, zero Ks. Um, this was what we thought would be um, a call it a bullpen game, but JMO gave us. I, I would say he gave us a little more length than I think. Oh, uh, he he pitched we well. I thought he pitched very very solid, um, and I was very happy with it. Um, but Bader started us off hot with a home run. Harrison Bader has been a absolute stud this postseason. I thought we were um, going to the World Series when he hit that home run. Yeah, uh, it was a great <laughs> it was a great start. Um, and then that annoying ass bastard Martin Maldonado uh, hits a double to get in McCormick um, in the second, which bottom of the second, which tied it. That was JMO's one earned run. Um, and then what happened when JMO uh, Clark Schmidt comes in, and this was the big topic of conversation after Game One. Clark Schmidt comes in uh, in trouble situation. Runners on first and second, I believe. Correct. First and second. First and third. First and third. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is able. Or no, to... were the bases loaded? Actually, I think the bases. Bases were loaded. Yeah, we were both wrong. Yeah, bases um, loaded. And he comes in and gets them to ground out into a double play. Um, now, when this happened, did you think Clark was coming back out for the uh, for the sixth? I wasn't gonna. Like, I, I wasn't surprised if they brought him out just knowing the Yankees, but I would have wanted Trevino out there for sure. Yep. Okay, yeah. So, this was uh, this was the big topic. I I think a dude on MLB Network, I don't know if it was Harold Reynolds, but he made a good point, and I know at some times we don't want to buy into, like, the some, some psychological stuff that happens with pitchers because mm-hmm. obviously they just need to do their job, but he made a good point that, you saw how fired up Clark was after that, and he kind of put his hat up and, and was high five and kind of felt a sense of relief. And I don't know if you would agree with this, but he said like he felt like he did his job. 
Yeah. And he he did his thing, and now let's pass it on to the next guy. Whereas then the Yankees decided, let's get somewhat cute, see if we can stretch him a little longer, and see after a, a, a seriously trouble situation with bases loaded, um, and let's see if we could get. They tried to steal outs, dude. Steal line. outs. And it came back to bite them in the ass with a Guriel home run and a McCormick home run mm-hmm. um, to put them up three three to one. I really think that the Yankees going into this game, and I'm not saying I agree with this. I know we talked about this at length the other morning, but um, I really think the Yankees' plan going into this game was, hey, if we don't have a lead by the sixth inning, we are not going to our big guys. Yeah. Which uh, is, it's fucking Yankee baseball, dude. Yeah, it it's sucks. very... It's, it's sad. In- it's infuriating. It's because, been years. Um, you look at this game, and and we we saw what happened in game two, which we'll get into. But we thought mm-hmm. that looking at this one heading into the sixth, that a tie ball game, especially with Bader home run, a little pop in the offense, rather chance than, to beat Verlander. Yeah, um, that you're thinking this was a good opportunity that I would have rather them use the bigger guns than they did more so in game two. And that's why I said, and and you acknowledge that, listen, let's stop thinking about managing for tomorrow and let's just win now and let's see what we could do because I think, dude, because honestly, you have the off day, uh, it was off day yesterday and mm-hmm. then game two. Listen, if you want to, Michael K talked about like he, he was looking for Seve to be stretched seven innings for game two. So you're thinking, okay. We have them on the ropes somewhat in game one, or not on the ropes, but we have a doable situation. A chance to win the game. A chance to win the game in the sixth. Let's use our guys, see if we can steal this one. Sevi is a a better starter than J-Mo, could probably give us more length. Mm -hmm. Let's see what he can do. And let, let's try if we could steal game one. Who the f cares what happens in game two? Like let's yeah. see, Sevy goes out, gives us length. All right, chalk it up. We're we're getting an off day. Rest the guys. Head back to the Bronx. That was my feeling of like, bro, try and win this game one, even though it's tied one one, because you don't know what the hell is gonna happen tomorrow. And F- Framber the next day is a tough beat, so it's not getting any easier. And that that's what my feeling was of like. Damn. Yeah. Try and win game one, even though and and they're like, let's manage for tomorrow with Sevy because they were probably thinking they had a better opportunity to win, but somehow in game one, weird shit happens. You had you had a better opportunity, I think, in game one to win. So um crazy. It's Just, it, it, it was like at the bare minimum, like we talked about, Clark has to finish that inning like he does, gets out of it, does his job. And then at the bare minimum, if you don't want to go to your huge dude, your first guy out of the pen in Loisaga in the sixth, Trevino. then go to Trevino and at least give your team one more inning to take a lead or get into it. And then even if even if it's still tied after the sixth, then go to Castro. Go to guys that relieve ball games, uh-huh. not dudes that are starting pitchers. And I understand we're in a huge, tight situation where we kind of have to audition dudes like Frankie Montas in the ALCS, which is nutty. But um, it just wasn't one one game in the six is not the place to do it. Yeah, Let, let's talk about sort of that and the overarching issue that I judge think. had a sick play in this game too. By the way, yeah, great catch, great catch. Um, but I wanted to talk about the way that 
um, the Yankees. And you look, and now we have an opportunity to look across the diamond and see uh, what the Astros are doing with Pena. Dude that was a, a younger guy, oh, came God. up to replace Correa, thrown into the fire, and he has really thrived. And it's something that we've been asking for as Yankee fans to say, hey, uh, when we were struggling in the month of August into September and you're saying we're not really getting a crazy amount of production offensively, we have a good def- defense at third base, but we want some more offensive production. Let's throw Peraza and Waldo into the fire, see what they could do, maybe change up the left side of the infield. But the Yankees always, they gave them little spots here and there, but they were never willing to fully embrace it. And you're saying they're not giving us the best as, as the fans. We're watching this and we're not getting the best opportunity to win because we watch a guy like Josh Donaldson not take the bat off his shoulders. And we watch the way that they put IKF on the bench in game in the ALDS, but then they throw him right back in. And you're saying, huh, that's weird. Why are we doing that? And you you watch what the Astros are doing with a guy like Pena and they said, yeah, we're going to give this guy the opportunity, and he has thrived, and they're not doing that. And then you watch them do the preference with with Frankie Montas pitching after not pitching since September 16th, and I thought Herman is just sitting there on the bullpen, and he hasn't been used, and he had a great ending to the season and really looked really pitched well. And you just say that, that it's where you think that the Yankees are just using these trade moves and trying to prove – the fan base wrong and say, no, we did a good job with these trades and we're trying to see them pan out where you're just saying, can't we just put the best product on the field? They and just, yeah. They'd rather be right than win, Rob. It's it's sad. It really feels like that at times. It really does. I feel like we kind of have to transition this slightly to at least the lineup in game two. We don't have to get too into it, but obviously Peraza gets the nod in game two, Rob. Yeah. And as cool as that is, dude, like, let's go, bro. The, our top prospect, or number two prospect, who raked in AAA, finally up in the ALCS. That is such a, like, a, I'd be, it's such a, like, a red flag. If the Yankees were a dating profile on Tinder, and that and that was a move that I saw that they made, I'd be like, no, massive red flag. I want to break up with you. Like, I don't want to hang out with you. Yeah. Um, they just, they'd, like you said, dude, they'd rather be right than win. Um I think it's pretty apparent. I know some dudes over on the John Boy crew, you know, I've talked about it a lot that there's, it seems as if there's a big room of people and they vote on decisions. And it seems like that room's got to be split in some way between IKF and Peraza because they can't seem to figure it out. But when their backs are against the wall, they put IKF on the bench and then they sit here and tell us he's still going to be a big part of it. I don't know. It's just a terrible spot to put Peraza in. And you expect her to go out there and hit Framber Valdez? Like, come on, man. Made it goes sick- back to, like, the Clark thing. Like, you're just putting yeah. him in a bad situation. Um, the bare minimum, we should have played all of September. The bare minimum. Because if you think about it, if they put them in at September didn't even make the ALDS August, roster, dude. Yeah. Like, what? If you think if you're just giving them reps and you're allowing them to play, even for two months, you're feeling so much more comfortable having them out there and it's just and and now you're saying oh well you know god who could have saw this other than just a lot of the fan base and i know those guys in those rooms know a lot more about baseball than a, a lot of these fans 
but I, really <laughs> I don't even think, know anymore, dude. <laughs> I really think it was sort of obvious that the way that we watch them playing, and you're just saying, really. Really? Whoever makes decisions, dude, it's like they they are split somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's tough. frustrating. It's just it's like you want to be happy that Peraza's starting, but you just can't. And I don't know if the Yankees wanted to do a little sneak attack thing, like oh we're gonna start this guy at short. Fucking newsflash, Yankees! The Astros do not care who plays shortstop for us. You could be put you could put prime Derek Jeter on this team right now. The Astros <laughs> don't care. They don't give a shit, dude. Like I don't, I don't know if it, was, I don't know if it was some funny business they were trying to do. They're trying to be like the Rays, you know. Shane McClanahan makes his debut in the postseason, stuff like that. It feels like inner Rays type nonsense, but it's not doing a job, Rob. No. Um, game number two. The uh, Luis game Severino on the mound. Five and a third, five hits, three earned runs, one walk, six Ks. Got bit by Alex Bregman in the bottom of the third uh, by a home run uh, to score Maldonado and Alvarez. Puts them up 3 nothing, and they really didn't look back, mainly because the Yankees' offense was dog water. They got two, two free runs. Like we've gotten free runs before, Rob. I don't think you can get much more free than this. Yeah. So, um, I thought Sevy looked disgusting, by the way. Sevy looked good. Sevy looked good. And he's faced a lot of adversity when it comes, one, in his career, facing all the injuries, but he's Mm -hmm. faced a lot of adversity when it comes to, uh, you know, runners on base and uh, in the Cleveland series when he battled back after looking not so great in early innings. So, I I really have no issue with Severino, but I I did take, I, I'm not going to go like Boone was asked after the game because Aaron Judge had that home run that was pulled away by the roof being open or however you want to talk about it. Um, Loser comments. I, I didn't. I didn't. Um, I didn't take issue as much with Boone because he the way that the question was asked to him. I think it was like Andy Martino that asked him about it. Like he literally framed it talking about the roof being open and if the wind was blowing back. So I'm not in that instance I'm not getting mad at Boone. And then Severino was asked about kind of the question they asked Boone and he used he he cited the exit velocity and he called the Astros lucky. Yeah, that's just <laughs> That's and I re- I love Severino. Same. I love Severino. I'm, I I love the way he's been pitching. I've given him a lot of credit, but to use that word was just really not good in that situation because one, it opens you up for a lot of crit- criticism by fans, and I, I think Severino doesn't deserve that because I think he's pitched very well. But to call them lucky, and listen, dude, that's just the way baseball works. We look at certain exit velocities and 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 you say and and people will argue against it i i think it's a, a valuable stat at least to see how people are are hitting the ball hard but listen it's weird you're gonna have home runs that have different launch angles and then they get out but i think that calling them lucky after especially the way that you scored two runs you should have lost the game three to nothing if we're being honest yeah so yeah. Um, I didn't like that phrasing by Severino, and um, I don't put too much on Boone with that. But I will make the point 
and I know you're a bigger Boone guy than I am. Um, I think this is the most mismanaged that it's been. Um, I think there's areas which you can criticize and areas where it's just people are piling on uh, because they like to pile on. Um, but I do believe since like the Jay Hap and Debbie Garcia incident back in 2020, this is probably the most mismanaged it's been. And even that was on Cashman or whoever the deciding factors were there of, you know, the, the group of nerds that may be deciding things. But it really optically... I think it's the one time that you can criticize some of these moves. And I don't. Did you hear about what he said about the Bader going into the leadoff spot? Did you hear about that? Because I, I just what saw Boone, that. What Boone said. So so he, yeah. So Bader before the game. Oh, how he Bader didn't know if he, he was, found out with yeah. Lauren Shahadi um, when he was talking, and I'm not going to put too much into it. But there's really bad communication. Across Boone the did say. Boone did say that I I said. He said, uh, Brian Hoke tweeted out that Boone said some players are more diligent checking than others. So, because they get the lineup card like printed and given to them every day, yeah, or so dropped at their locker. I'm thinking, like, but maybe, if you're Bader, dude, and you're leading off for the first time, or you're Boone, you just go up to him and be like, hey, you comfortable in the leadoff spot today? Yeah, or something like that, dude. And especially a guy that just started playing at the end of September. Yeah, and that's where I was like, new to this team. I was like, new to the team. I'm like, that's a little weird. So I think people, listen, the media, the, a lot of fans are going to pile on, but I do believe, and then especially with the miscommunication going back to Clay Holmes, where Clay thinks that he's pitching or in an opportunity to pitch, but really he's in an emergency only situation. So yeah. listen, it it's not looking good optically, but... Um, it's the communicate like I, I I still haven't had a ton of issues with with a lot of the in game moves in the postseason this year, but yeah I agree I mean if we can take it back to after game three in Houston, um, like you just said those comments the miscommunication there, um, the bad comments after the loss in game two of the ALCS, you could take it back to previous postseasons where guys literally do not know their role it seems like I mean the communication is piss poor. Um, on this team. And I don't know if it's because the Yankees can't quantify morale, Rob. Like, is that why? Is it because you can't put a number behind morale? So they're like, okay, communication and like, you know, good atmosphere, yada, 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 and getting everyone prepared um, is not something we, you know, take into much consideration. Is that why there's, there's little communication? I don't know. But it's just, it's unfortunately, dude, it's this Yankee regi- regime's way. Whoever's running things, making decisions, they they do this. This is what they do. Well, just just you make pulling make. Uh, sorry, pointing out that point makes me remember in the. I, I know I hate to go back in and uh, time and like pull stuff from other eras. Yeah. but it, it reminds me of the in the Jeter documentary. Jeter talked about how Cashman when he was evaluating him at the shortstop position, where it was at the end of his tenure. That mm-hmm. Jeter, he it came as like a new because Jeter then sort of revitalized himself defensively and worked on stuff in the offseason. But Cashman came to him with a number of issues that he found in his game. And Jeter, it came as like a news flash. And Jeter is like, Well, who are these people that are telling me all this stuff? Yeah. And he said, Like, what 
I, I haven't heard this. I want to talk to these people. And I, I, and he was coming from a genuine place of like, I want to know and I want a, a line of communication so I can be better in these areas. And Jeter took took the information and then got better. I think it was like in the before he had the leg injury in 2012. But yeah, mm -hmm. I, I, I agree, man. It's like this this line of communication is just it's simple stuff and i'm just saying yeah you could go up to harrison bader before the game and say hey man um watching the leadoff well. spot tonight yeah watching the leadoff spot let's go baby let, let, let's get it started like you did yesterday and, let, and let's go so yeah that that was just a a concerning aspect um and then yeah game two just uh it, it was really just the story of the Bregman home run, and and then the Yankees couldn't piece anything together. Uh, I post we posted this on our on our IG. The Yankees in the ALCS are nine for sixty five, hitting one twenty eight with only four runs and thirty Ks, and two of those runs are from uh, solo home runs, and then the other two are from really something that you can argue is just uh, you know. Lucky runs, free, yeah. Error, um, the two two ground. That was the only time, the the last two games I saw the Yankees shorten up, is when they had runners on second yeah. and third with no outs. Rizzo two outs, grounded to right. Same with Glaber, I think grounded to yeah. short or something. Um, I wanted to pick your brain a little bit on this. What we talked about, what a weapon that Matt Carpenter could potentially be. Mm -hmm. Um, and the dude struck out every time that he yeah. was at the at the plate. Uh, K. Uh, shout out Michael K. He actually mm -hmm. followed us on Twitter, so that was cool. But he actually questioned, yep. questioned, um, questioned Boone about it and talking about how a layoff of two months and just uh, and it, a little bit of a chippy little interaction there. But yeah, it's it all it, in it's good fun. All in good fun. But I, I think it is. You look at and, and listen, there's no real like tangible option that I'm saying is exponentially better other than filtering in the kids in certain positions and yeah. doing the lineup that way because listen at some point you're going to have to play IKF Donaldson or Carpenter like they're going to have yeah. to be in the line like that's what we've been given it would be beautiful if we had a DJ LeMahieu or Andrew Benintendi right now I'll tell you that but we don't yeah. so um Carpenter has not looked good I don't but it's not like the only the, one that I could say offensively, like maybe IKF slaps the ball around a little more if you put him at third base and then have Waldo play or have Peraza play short, have Waldo in left, DH Stanton. But like there's no real serious solution or clear-minded solution at this point yeah, other it, than I, I want to keep Waldo and Peraza in the lineup mm -hmm. is what I would say is like a given. Yeah. If you agree with that, no, I, 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 it, it's tough, dude. I like, I, yeah, I want the kids in the lineup. Um, do I think there are some situations that IKF, you know, definitely putting a ball on play may be a little more beneficial than Peraza? I guess so. Um, but I'd rather Peraza's glove every day, all day at short. But like you said, dude, it, it's tough. I mean, we're, we're, you're searching for things. We we don't. This is what happens when we're in October the thirty, the twenty third of October right now, or the twenty second of October, and we have dudes that are just coming back from injury. We don't have uh, 
a full stacked roster that we anticipated that were you know coming into this postseason with you kind of have to throw Matt Carpenter in that situation he only got two at bats I believe in Cleveland so it's like all right dude let's get you a full game of at bats I'm sorry it's against the best pitcher in the league and then the best bullpen in the league but unfortunately that's that's the way to go but I think we can kind of agree Rob if it was I don't know if Carpenter was not in the lineup and someone else was DHing and struck out four times, we would all be screaming, why was Carpenter not in the lineup? Yeah. So it's like, I do think it's a lose-lose situation for Yankee management in a way, but I had no problem with keeping Carpenter there. I was happy they, they made the move to take him out um, yesterday, but we'll see what they do today. I don't... He can't... Him and Stanton aren't going to play left field in Yankee Stadium, so... I think we definitely see Oswaldo out and left again today. Probably Peraza at short again. Donaldson at third. I think we'll see a, a familiar lineup mm-hmm. without Carpenter. Um, you're just hoping they, you get something with him, though. It's tough. Like You're trying to get this all-star guy back that you had in July in October, and it's it's really hard. Uh-huh. Um, dude, I, I got to be honest. It's, it's really tough watching Josh Donaldson at the plate right now, too. I, I hate he him. Do, he doesn't take the bat off his shoulder. I didn't even realize he was getting on at a 400 on BP or on BP, OBP, <laughs> but I don't care. I don't care. He's he's the worst at bat ever, Rob. It It's it's really. Game uh, one, he struck out with runners on. It was either second and third or first and or first and second um, in the third or fourth inning against Verlander. And there was only there was only one out and Carp was behind him. So those were some brutal, brutal, brutal lanes in game one and two. Game one, I think it was Carp and Donaldson. And then game two, I think it was the Donaldson, Higgy, uh, Waldo, Peraza lane. Mm-hmm. Like that probably amounted to 15 strikeouts right there. It's just a hole, man. It's just a hole in the lineup and you don't know. And and it's unfortunate because we ha- like we said, there's no – you're searching. You're searching for a solution. Um, and the only thing we can hope for is that they find it at home. And the energy that the fans will bring will hopefully be what they needed. But Yeah. Um, it's a weird time, dude. I mean, I don't think Yankee fans are surprised right now. Yeah. I Well, I, I, I thought they'd put up a little bit more of a fight. I think the... 30 strikeouts in two games yeah i mean that 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 definitely can't happen but it's just like when you look at the team in hindsight and there's such loser mentality but this is a totally different team with benny and dj lemayhu on it yeah if you have these two you have those two guys on if you have these two guys in the mix or one of them dude benny's easily in the left in left field DJ's probably at third. Leading and off, then, dude. And then no probably Waldo at short, probably when you're arguing about IKF. And then you say, uh-huh. okay, Waldo or maybe Praza. Probably not Praza. Praza probably would have been left off the lineup yeah. or left off the roster. If, if DJ was on. here, for yeah. sure. Um, so, yeah, man. I, I mean, the best that we could say, the Yankees are going back home. We got Cole versus Javier on the on the mounds for in the Bronx. Um Got to hit and, a curveball. I, I, I want to say this, too. I think Garrett Cole, it's going to be interesting. I think Cole will pitch well, but I really hope if he 
if it's not one of his best starts, I really don't want it to get lost that he really showed up in this postseason. Like, I don't know. If you know, you know, it. Will. I, and it's going to be really unfortunate because unless he ha- like, dude, unless he has like an astronomically bad start, like he gives up like seven or eight runs. Then I'm like, all right, that was kind of bad. He's, he's pitched 13 innings this postseason so far, 13 and 30. He's been good. Yeah. It would suck if he came out and got rocked. Um, I don't know, man. I'm scared of like Altuve chance, and then he's gonna bang us at home. Like I'm just—it's it's, when we start talking shit, man. It's gonna be scary, bro. Just greet him with silence or something. Just dead silence. Yeah. I don't know. Um. Yeah. So, I, all I'm looking for in the lineup, at least on my end, is that the Praza and Oswaldo are in it, and then I, I will be upset if it's. IKF and JD on the left side of the infield. That's the only thing that's really going to piss me off there. Uh, But you're probably looking at Waldo and left again, and then Stanton DH at home. Mm -hmm. Um, And then let's see what we can do. Yeah, I I know we talked about winning all three at home at the beginning of this this pod, but we got to get one on the board, and then we can talk. Let's win a game first. Yeah, true. I I I completely agree. I I just talking in. Again, yeah, I know. I know. Myself. Yeah, no, I know. Ahead of myself, so a little retrospect. Um, but yeah, we really appreciate you guys for listening to one twenty three. Uh, be sure to subscribe, leave us a rate and review. Uh, follow us at Four Train Savages on Instagram as well as on TikTok. Really excited to get up to ten k followers on there, Tyler. So that was cool. Um, approaching five k on Twitter at Four Savages on Twitter. So go follow us there. Um, let's go, Yanks. It's it's time. It's it's put up or shut up time. Backs against the wall. You got to win some it. games in the Bronx. Got to do it. Thanks for listening to episode 123. We'll catch you next time.